Let's talk travel planning tips because exploring a new place is something to celebrate. Welcome to Something to Celebrate. I'm Amy Wiley, owner of Suburban Soiree. Join me as we celebrate, decorate, organize, host, and make life fun. Hello and welcome back to the podcast for the second episode of season three. And I'm going to continue talking about travel today. But like I said last week, this will not become a travel podcast. I promise I have a completely different topic in mind for next week. But I've had a lot of questions about how we planned our travels. And I also feel like we picked up some pretty good systems for you know, seeing the highlights of different cities and towns and areas, national parks, all of that. So I want to share these tips with you. And I will talk about our RV trip a little bit, but I'm really aiming to share things that can apply to any kind of travel. Of course, I will also be sharing the three things I'm loving this week at the end of the episode. And I want to tell you about this week's featured product which is my Home Alone napkins, which are back. This was a collab I did with Kelsey Close, and we created two Home Alone-themed napkin designs for Christmas. And y'all, these sell all year long. People love these napkins, and so they've been sold out for a while, and they are back in stock. I've got the one that is red and says, Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. And the other one that is green, one of my family's favorite quotes from Home Alone 2, it says two scoops, make it three. I'm not driving. Um, And I'm also going to be adding a new design to this line very soon. I don't have it listed just yet, but if you want to score the Home Alone napkins for the holiday season, they always go really quickly and I did do a good restock. So I will put the link in the show notes if you want to grab some for yourself which these napkins fit with the theme of travel because we actually got to drive by the house from the movie Home Alone when we were in the Chicago area. And let me tell you, everyone loves that house. I mean, I love traditional style homes and that house is so beautiful and the whole neighborhood was gorgeous. Just a little bit older, beautiful, big family homes, big trees that have been there forever. And there was a little area where you could like walk to a restaurant nearby. I mean, I was ready to move in to the Home Alone house. Sadly, that did not happen. So let's talk about travel tips on that note. Um, We planned our year kind of in steps of travel. People kind of want to know how we set out to see what we were going to do. And we did some large blocks because we had some things to return home for. And so those were sort of our anchor points. So our first leg was pretty much Yellowstone and the Pacific Northwest were the stars. We went up through Wyoming into Montana, through Washington State, back through Oregon, and then home. That was a really great trip. Uh, We loved seeing all of that. The next leg was sort of our friends and family tour. We went to Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, and we went to the Formula One race in Austin. That was kind of the anchor of that trip, and then we visited family and friends who live in Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, so that was really great. We got to connect with a lot of people, and that was really encouraging to us. Uh, So many people were kind enough to have us into their homes for meals, old friends, and that was really nice. The next leg was just a quick little jaunt between Thanksgiving and Christmas. We went to Arizona. We were hoping for warmer temperatures than we had, but we did have a really great campsite in Arizona. So we enjoyed that little 
jaunt down there. And then in the new year, we headed to California. Like I said, we could have spent forever in California. We saw the Redwoods. We went to Disneyland. My sister and my niece met up with us there. We saw all kinds of things all over California. And then after coming home for the kids' birthdays, we headed to the Northeast via Nashville. So we had some events to attend in Nashville. That was really fun. And we just made our way all the way up to Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island. We went all the way to the Atlantic time zone, pretty much as far northeast as we could go. And then we started making our way home and went several new places as we made our way home. So we really covered a lot of the United States. Like I said last week, 35 states. We saw a lot of places that were new to us and we had a great time. So I'll tell you just briefly how we planned from an RV perspective and then I'll move on to our general travel tips. So in the RV, you have to make sure that you do not go under a bridge that is too low or a tiny winding road in your giant vehicle. You really have to have an RV safe route. And we had a special GPS app for that. And so we would decide where we we're gonna go my husband would plug it into the app and then we would plan, you know, roughly three hour drives with stops along the way because three hours was really the sweet spot of how long you wanted to be driving in the RV. It's very physical for my husband to drive. It's not just like as relaxing as driving in a car. And, you know, it can turn into a really long day because it's slower than a normal vehicle and everything just seems to take longer. So a three hour distance was really comfortable. Um, sometimes we had shorter drives, sometimes we had longer drives, but that was sort of the benchmark that we went by. After we mapped out what route was safe, we found places to stay along the way and we used our memberships to sort of start that process. I told you how we loved Harvest Hosts. So any one night stays, we would try to find a Harvest Host and then we would look at Good Sam. Um, we had a small discount through Good Sam and they have a really good system for ranking campsites. And along the way, we ended up joining KOA and those were really good too. They were very uh, laid back and always really family friendly. So we would kind of see if we could find some of those. If we needed to branch out to different campsites, different websites, we would do that. I would definitely say my skills improved with time. Practice makes perfect. I became better at sort of planning reasonable routes and finding good places to stay since I had a lot of practice doing this along the way. So we got to see so many cool cities, towns, parks, beaches, uh, we went into Canada, as I mentioned, and we really found our family's flow about how we like to spend a day and how we like to cover a city. And my first tip is when you're planning a trip to a new place, keep it realistic, uh, especially the ages of your children, whether they're toddlers who are going to burn out or teenagers who are going to burn out. Ask me how I know. Uh, you want to make sure you have a good pace because as much as you want to fill your day and certainly maximize your time and see as much as you can and make the most of it, you want to keep a pace that's enjoyable and doesn't just run everyone into the ground. So be realistic. You can't do everything everywhere all the time, of course, and you can always come back if it's a place that you really love. So start with realistic expectations. My next uh, tip is pretty, pretty basic and not really earth shattering, but we really made good use of Google. So let's say we're gonna go to Chicago. I would Google a list of all the cool things to do in Chicago. 
and just doing, you know, you don't have to be intense about it. Just doing a good search. You can see what things overlap. And I would jot down in my notebook things that sounded fun to us, things that we would like to check out. And for most places, even small towns, you can usually find a list of free activities. So that was always fun to see, you know, what you could go see or do that was not going to cost you anything because there were plenty of things that required tickets or meals or things like that. So, you know, we really winged it with our travel. We did not plan super far in advance. I do love to plan. And I think when you're doing, you know, just a trip to one location and back, you probably would put a lot more thought into it. But since we were seeing so many places, we weren't last minute with our plans, but we were not planned down to the minute. So, I really found that this worked fine. There were only a few things we weren't able to do, such as touring the White House. Um, when we went to Harvard University, the student-led tours had already all booked up. Things like that, you know, the Statue of Liberty going up inside there, things that you have to book months and months ahead of time, we missed out on, but those were really few and far between, and we found so much to see. It's not like we were hurting for activities. So, you know, if you're doing a different type of normal travel, you could plan ahead and fill in those things. We did make reservations or reserve tickets ahead of time where we felt it was necessary. If it didn't seem like something where we needed to buy it ahead of time, we gave ourselves the flexibility to just buy them on site. So that worked really well for us. Uh, next, I wanna talk about a couple of apps that we found really helpful in planning our travels. The first is the All Trails app, and this is for hikes, but I'm gonna tell you, we did a range of everything from hikes, like an actual hike, to what you would call a walk. And what I love about the All Trails app is you can look it up in your area, where you are around you, and find hikes. You can find the distance, the intensity level. A lot of times we just look for an easy hike because we were not looking to, you know, climb Everest, but we did want to get everyone moving and get out in the scenery. You can also see photos on the app of the hike. So you can really see if it's worth checking out and find a pretty place. You know, maybe there's a waterfall, a bridge, or a beautiful like look over the ocean. So the All Trails app is really handy. Even if you don't consider yourself a hiker, you can find some great walks and excursions to do on All Trails. The next one is so much fun and this is called the Roadside app. So I believe you do have to pay for different zones. I think you get one zone of the country for free and then if you want to expand to other zones, you do have to pay a little bit, but it's minimal. This is an app that as you're driving down the road, you can search on there and find all kinds of quirky stops. So this is like the world's largest ball of twine type of stuff. There's weird artwork, there's statues in cities, um, fun murals, crazy restaurants, like there's a restaurant with a car on top, or, you know, different things like that. Some of it is really weird. A lot of it is really fun. And it just breaks up the day. It makes a unique stop. And of course, in the age of Instagram and social media, great photos. We really got a kick out of checking out some of the roadside stops wherever we were. And we went to a lot of weird, cool things. And we did find some really fun restaurants that way. And that's my next tip is to look for unique local restaurants. And that's really a great way to experience the town. We tried to eat the local food. You know, we had to have lobster rolls when we were in Maine. We had to have some Canadian specialties when we were up there, you know, poutine, maple syrup, all of that. So that's really a fun part of it to us and a way to anchor your trip or a way to plan your day is to find a great local spot. We tried really hard to eat somewhere that we couldn't eat at home. Uh, 
you know, every now and then you just got to drive through Chick-fil-A, but we really tried to branch out and experience local unique places. My next tip is that most places have some sort of a main street or a downtown, some sort of central square or main avenue, whether it's a tiny town or a large city, there's sort of a hub. And one of our favorite things to do is just get a coffee at a local coffee shop. Uh, if you follow us, we drink a lot of coffee. Our kids like chai tea and smoothies and they'll have coffee occasionally too. We love to get a coffee and just walk the downtown. It's a great way to get a feel for where you are, do some window shopping, maybe grab a treat. Uh, that was one of our favorite things to do. So pretty much anywhere you are, just find the main place, park, and take a walk. And my next tip goes along with this. As you're finding unique local restaurants, as you're you know taking a walk around the main street and the local shops, our favorite way to discover things to do and to determine what we should see and what we should skip was to talk to locals. So at the campground or, you know, when you're at a restaurant getting breakfast and they ask what you're up to, what do you recommend? How long have you lived here? Talking to locals is a great way to get the scoop. First of all, it always makes people feel good to welcome you to their city and they will tell you, okay, everybody likes to go here. You're really going to want to go here instead. Or they'll tell you, oh yeah, it lives up to the hype. You have to go see the lighthouse or you need to go do this trail and go to the top of the cliff. Whatever it is, talking to locals is a great way to come up with some cool things to do on the fly. And we ended up finding things that maybe we wouldn't have known about. That certainly was a way that we narrowed down restaurants when we were in a place with a lot of restaurants and we weren't sure, you know, what was good, what was touristy, what was not worth the hype, people would point you in the right direction. So that is always nice. My last tip is sort of like my first tip, but it's just to go with the flow. Uh, be flexible, be willing to change up your day. I really liked when we would go to maybe a museum or some sort of attraction and everyone would really enjoy themselves and we could just spend as much time as we wanted. On the other side, if we went to something that was a little lame, we could cut it short and say, hey, let's go get an ice cream. Be prepared to sort of go with the pace of your family. And when opportunities present themselves to maybe go off the beaten path or do something that wasn't in your plan, be available to do that because sometimes those are the best experiences. I would love to hear your travel tips too. Share yours with me. I would love to know. Hopefully this has given you a little inspiration as how to explore a new place. And if you have a friend or a family member who is traveling soon, who maybe travels often or has a trip coming up, I would love for you to share this episode with them to spread the word about something to celebrate. So now it's time for the three things I'm loving this week. Just like the podcast, it's a mix of random things that I enjoy that I think you would enjoy as well. So let's dive in. Again, these will be linked in the show notes and they will be in the blog post on my website. The first, y'all, I did it. I got on the bandwagon of the air fryer. This is something we acquired during our travels. Uh, the oven in the RV was fine, but it was a little hard to regulate and you had to actually like light it with a lighter. I mean, it looks like a regular oven. It's not like a wood burning stove, but it was a little tricky. And we found the air fryer to just be a lot easier. So I got a beautiful white air fryer. It looks so nice on the counter. It's really simplistic. It's not too expensive. It has worked really well. Um, I think one of the first things I made was frozen french fries and people were calling it a game changer right off the bat. So it's really good. It's a handy appliance. I don't like too many extra things on my counter or too many extra things to keep up with. 
but the air fryer, if you haven't done it yet, it does live up to the hype. And I have found these liners. I have some parchment liners. I'll link the ones that fit the specific air fryer I'm linking for you. They make the cleanup so easily. We just pop a little liner in there and then it doesn't just like totally destroy the inside of your air fryer. It keeps it really nice. So I would definitely recommend it if you have not taken the leap on an air fryer or if you're looking to upgrade or change yours. The next two things are kind of gadgety and they're really fun. The first one is a thing called the Cup Cozy. So when we were, this is again, born out of the RV trip, but can apply to regular life. Um, it's not cool, it's not fashionable, but it does the trick. So this is sort of like a rectangle or square pillow with cup holders. So in our RV, there were no like, um, for our morning coffee, if we were in our bed, or if I was, you know, had a drink with me while I was relaxing in the back, there was nowhere to put it without it spilling. And so I got this cup cozy and it will hold like bottled drinks. It will hold a cup of coffee. It will hold, you know, a regular cup, whatever. There's different openings and different sizes, but this is such a handy thing. We ended up keeping one in the back seat for the kids to put their various like drinks and snacks in. And I gifted one to a family member when she had a medical procedure because, you know, in your bed, sometimes it's hard to reach for your nightstand if you're recovering. And so this is like right there on the bed. I actually used mine this morning in my room, sitting there having my devotional time and I had my cup of coffee nice, secure in my cup cozy. So I'm going to link that for you. It's just sort of a silly thing, but it is really useful. It's a good gadgety gift if you have someone that's maybe hard to buy for or someone you think that would be a good fit for. So check it out. Don't knock it until you tried it. So the next thing is a little device to keep you from wasting your products. And I just really love this. Have you ever gotten to the end of a bottle of shampoo and you can't get any more shampoo out, but it's heavy, like you know there's some in there? And I have started using these little things to get the most out of my products. And it's amazing how much more is in there. Amazing. I mean, I kind of shudder to think about how much I've wasted in the past. But basically, you unscrew the cap and you screw on this little attachment. And then it has some prongs so that you can stand it up upside down. So your bottle of conditioner, body wash, whatever it is, hand soap, is upside down with these prongs and then it's got a little uh, nozzle that closes so it won't leak out but it really helps you get the very last drop and the little set comes with different sizes to fit different types of bottles and you can use them in the kitchen as well for like the ketchup or whatever i have not done that yet i mean maybe that's next for me but i use them in my shower all the time and it really has made my products last longer and it's just something I get a kick out of, honestly, because um, it's a cool little gadget. So I will link that for you. Good stocking stuffer maybe, or just something to help you not feel so wasteful. So that is all for this week. Thank you for hearing my travel tips. I hope you will check out the Home Alone napkins and get some of those funny napkins in your arsenal for the holiday season. They make great gifts as well. Thank you for being here and keep celebrating. Thank you so much for listening. I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast and I truly appreciate your five-star reviews.